the Recovery Revolution will be podcast on the Since Right Now Addiction Recovery Network. This is the Unruffled Podcast, episode 194. This is a podcast about recovery through creativity. We live an intentional life. We thrive. I am Sandra Primo. And I'm Tammy Salas. And we are The Unruffled. Hello, Unruffled listeners. We are popping in at the top of the show to share with you several ways that you can help support the podcast. First, you can become a patron of the show by donating to our Patreon fundraising campaign. Please consider supporting our consistent effort in bringing you weekly content on creativity and recovery, all for less than the price of a latte. For just a dollar an episode, you will receive early access to each week's show as our way of saying thank you. If every listener did this, we would be over the moon. The link to our Patreon campaign is www.patreon.com backslash the unruffled podcast. And that's not it. You can share our show on social media or with your friends, and you can subscribe to the podcast and give us a rating on iTunes. All of this helps our little show immensely. And we thank you from the bottom of our hearts. Now onto the show. Hello, my friend. Good morning. It feels so good to be able to talk to you without any delay. I know we got techie this morning. Figure things out. <laughs> if, it, if it doesn't work, you should just turn it off. <laughs> turn it on again. Right. Turn it on again. That's going to be my new mantra for the year. <laughs> that um, seems to fix things, right? <laughs> Gosh, we are tech people. We are. How long have we been doing this show? Three and a half years. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm glad it's fixed. I know our last two episodes were a little bit wonky with me. Um, and, uh, I don't know, I got really great little notes about the last two pod, uh, the last podcast about money, Sandra, actually I've been receiving a lot of good notes. Mm -hmm. I've gotten some, um, good feedback as well. In fact, I was just answering an email, um, as we were trying, as you were trying to fix the tech stuff and, uh, yeah, yeah. I've gotten really good feedback as well. So thank you everyone. Yeah, it's um, I'm ready. I hope we keep the conversation going next year. Yeah, yeah. So this is going to be our little year in review for 2020. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like, do we have seven hours? Because right, <laughs> it's like I feel like a lot happened, and then I also could, I was like, I don't remember anything that happened, so I had to go back through my notebooks and help. Um, jar my memory for a couple of the months that we have like April totally gone June don't know what happened in June. <laughs> like I had to really go back and kind of reconstruct um the year because it's been a crazy one with COVID and the pandemic and this new normal that we're living in mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah I'm like flipping through the uh the year the podcast year right now on SoundCloud and just sort of refreshing my memory okay we had some wonderful guests this year you took a month off that's right I soloed it um we uh yeah yeah we had some revelations this year about our recovery and um yeah 
a month off. That's right. That seems like it was so long ago, Sandra. Well, let's just talk, maybe just talk a little bit about the pod in general, because I mean, I'm so proud of us, Sandra. This is the time of year where I'm just going to pat us on the back because we have shown up, except for one week this year, we have shown up um, consistently every single week and done this as a project and kept us tethered and stayed connected with our community. Um, it's been yeah. amazing. It's really been helpful for me. Um, it's also a lot, you know, doing this every single week is a lot too. It's a really a labor of love. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. But it's, um, just like I brush my teeth every day. It's like, that's what it kind Mm -hmm. of feels like. It's like, Oh, we just, yeah, this is what we're doing. We got to make the podcast. (laughs) We got to make the dinners and we got to make the podcast. And it just, it feels, it's just like a, such a part of my life. Mm -hmm. I can't. Yeah. And, uh, you know, while, um, we're contemplating a break. I said we weren't going to mention it. And then Mm -hmm. I'm just mentioning it. We're contemplating taking a break uh, at the beginning of 2021. Um, But at the same time, it's like, I, I know that we'll get right back into it. I'm not tired of this podcast. And it's so funny because I do get bored with things, but I'm not bored with this podcast. I feel like there's so many other people I want to talk to. There's so many other creatives, uh, uh, sober creatives I want to talk to. It, the conversation still excites me. Hmm. Yeah. And what I feel about us, you know, contemplating this break, I, I just feel like, what's that phrase? There's a phrase in the big book, something about like, well, new power will flow in. And sometimes I feel like when we can pause, you know, uh, something that we're just doing um, as an accountability project or as a, as a, I know this isn't an accountability project, but I mean that we, you know, we do it consistently when we can take that break, something new can flow in, something new can grow or germinate. And I feel like I kind of need a little bit of that. Mm-hmm. I do. I really didn't think I would keep my shit together this year, Sandra. And, you know, I did have that month off in May, which I really appreciate, I'm coming up on a move and I'm just feeling it. I'm feeling mm. it. So we'll keep talking about that. But the great thing I think about us, see more backpatting, is that um, we work really well together and we can have these conversations and we can continue with our community. Even if we're not doing a new podcast every day, we still are cultivating our secret Facebook group community. And this year we started doing get unruffled sobriety support Zoom calls every Sunday. Since and the how, pandemic started. how amazing are they? Like my favorite. When, when you f- threw the idea out, I was like, yeah, sure. Sound game for that. Sounds, sounds cool. I th- thought, you know, we do one or two or, you know, I had no uh, future. I wasn't future tripping on it at all. Me either. And yeah. And they have just been so special. I mean, I can't really describe it any other way. They're not huge. I mean, we have 30 women max that Mm -hmm. show up every week and they're perfect. Yep. And anybody that's listening that wants to join in, you just need to join our secret Facebook group. Or if you're already in there, there's an event that I post um, once a week, but it's always on Sunday. It's always the same Zoom ID and password. Uh, It's always at nine o'clock Pacific, 11 central and 12 noon Eastern. 
And it's a really safe, beautiful space um, with not a lot of rules, <laughs> none. Um, and just to be kind and to let women share what they need to share and what's on their heart and hold space for them. And it's been, it's been a highlight of this year, Sandra. It's mm-hmm. been a highlight of this year. Yeah. And I will say, you know, it's not like there's no expressed emotions. There's a lot of emotion in this group. Everyone shares what's on their heart. And I think because of that, some really strong connections have been forged. Mm -hmm. The other thing I want to say is there is no drama. (laughs) Mm -mm. I'm sorry, but I've been to a lot of recovery meetings in my life in the (laughs) last six and a half years. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I'm just going to say that there have been very few I could say that there's no drama. (laughs) Right. And there is just no drama. Um, and I, and I, and again, I'm not trying to disparage any other, you know, recovery meetings I've been to. I'm just saying that we hold space for each other. Um, but there's just, no one sucks the air out of the room. Let me just put it that way. Yeah. Yeah. And we, and we didn't future trip it and we didn't know that that was going to keep happening every single week. Right. And here we are, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, I think we started, I was looking at my notes. I think we started in, um, in early April. And that was right after the shelter in place went into effect in March. And, and yeah, I didn't know if it would be one or two, or we do it for the month. You know, yeah, nobody, no knew, nobody knew what was happening with this thing. And the fact that it's the end of the year and we're still meeting every Sunday. Um, it feels a little bit like a church for me, you know, it's a, a really safe place to land. And so I'm very proud of us and us doing that this year. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Um, I wanted to share again, since we're doing the back padding and the gold starring right now, Sandra, mm-hmm. we have, have 942,000 downloads since oh we started gosh. this podcast. We have no sponsors yet. <laughs> we do this as like this beautiful labor of love, I feel, and it sparks our, you know, our creativity and it fills us up and hopefully it does others. But I'm really proud of that number. I am too. We are so close to a million. So everybody needs to just go back and re-listen to your favorites <laughs> right now. <laughs> and please share them on social media if you have a, you know, a group that you're in that you feel like it might help someone or just if it's your episode, if you've been on our podcast, you know, share your own episode with your people. We would really be grateful. Um, there's ratings on, I haven't been on iTunes in forever to look at our reviews, but I have to say we have the nicest reviews. We really do. <laughs> it's so cool to go and read and mm-hmm. just see what the nice things that people say. So maybe I'll pull some of those up for January and read some, a nice start to the new year. But yeah, it's just been incredible to do this podcast with you, Sandra. Mm, and we've had, we had some big things. I mean, before the world shut down, you got to, to interview Holly at book people, at book people in Austin. Yes. That was a absolute highlight of my year and happened right before we went into, into quarantine. Yeah. Yeah. That was a big deal. Yeah. When you got that and we chatted about it and I just, I wish I could have been there. It would have been awesome. I know. I know. Um, it was, yeah. Highlight of my year, I gotta say. And, and, you know, it was like one of the last, I've said this before, but you know, it was probably one of the last times I was out social with people. And so it just holds a lot. Like I have a lot hanging on that, hinging on that, um, 
mm-hmm. <laughs> on that night. And it was just really special. It was so fun to meet listeners and meet new people. And, you know, Chris from Sands Bar was there and, um, there's so many people I'm leaving out, but, um, it was really, really a special night. It was really a special night. It was the first time I got, I had met Holly in real life too. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 We had never met in person. And so, um, it was just a wonderful night. It was one of those things where, um, you know, somebody gave me some advice before my first wedding, which was, um, the only big big to-do wedding that I had to my first husband, my son's dad. And the advice was at some point in the night, stand in the corner of the room and just look out and kind of make a mental snapshot. Um, I can't remember if I did that or not because I was really drunk that night. Mm-hmm. Um, but mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, I, tr- I, ca- I, I remember that advice. And so I really, that night tried to do that, like take several mental snapshots. You know, when you look out in the audience, Sandra, take a mental snapshot. And I did that that night because I wasn't drunk. <laughs> I could, right. <laughs> I do that. And, um, and, uh, yeah. And so it's just a, yeah, absolutely special night. Very special night. Oh, well, let's toast again. I was thinking, um, I wasn't sure how we we're going to do this. I know I listened to last year's. We did a year in review last year and maybe even the year before, I believe. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure that uh, I'll have to go look up those episodes. But the um, what we talked about a bit was about our word for the year and kind of how it informed us in the podcast mm-hmm. or our, our work personally. And um, I was just wondering if you want to share what your word for the year 2020 was. Okay, well, this is really... <laughs> <laughs> I wrote a little bit about this in my, in the newsletter that I sent out this week. And, um, you know, I'm almost just, weren't we cute, you know, going into 2020. (laughs) So cute. Yeah. We were so optimistic at last year's year end uh, episode. So if anybody wants to listen to that, we are very optimistic about the coming year. So optimistic. And I know everybody was about their own, you know, their own goals and, and, and things they were looking forward to in 2020. It just, just the number of the year Mm -hmm. just made it feel like it was going to be so momentous in it. And it absolutely has been right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Not in any sort of the ways that we'd conceive. (laughs) And my year, I just giggle at it for, I mean, it was so lofty um, for 2020 was elevate Mm -hmm. and, you know, and I really had some, some lofty goals and some, you know, some places I thought that word would take me (laughs) and I had no idea that I'd actually just be elevating my patience, (laughs) my self-care, you know, my, my, just my ritual and, you know, just the, the, the things I do every morning, doubling down on those that, you know, elevating that, elevating my awareness of my judgment. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I mean, just not lofty at all. And so, you know, I just giggle. I have to, when I was thinking about that word, you know, I had to go back and just reevaluate how I actually did elevate things, but not in any sort of the ways that I thought. Well, I think that's so 
that's what's so beautiful about picking a word though, you know, like, or if a word picks you, it, it just, I had one year word grace. I picked the grace card out of an angel card and that's not the word. And I said, whatever card I pick is going to be my word for next year. And I've never done that that way before, but it taught me a lot of stuff because it was a hard word. And I thought, oh, I have to really dig and find and make the connection to this word. I have to make some meaning out of it. Um, and I love how you just did that with elevate because yeah, you've elevated patience is not an easy thing to elevate, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, you had to elevate your Netflix watching time and your wheel right. of fortune and all that, you know what I mean? Exactly. 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 So, um, yeah, yeah, that was, that's it. But what about you? Your word actually mm, really yes. was, couldn't have been more perfect. <laughs> Yeah, I picked, I do a word map every year. And last year I had like 50 or 60 words on this word map, Sandra. I went to town on it and I didn't, none of them felt right. I should go back and look at it actually, but none of them felt right. And it wasn't until the last day of the year when I was at an AA meeting and I was holding hands in the circle at the very end of the meeting and they read the serenity prayer. And it was the courage to change the things you can. And I thought change is my word that's going to be the word. Fuck. <laughs> Was that on the money or what, Sandra? There's <laughs> lots of change this year. So I also, it, it resonated with me, obviously, because I was going through, you know, my husband and I had just uh, told our son that we were separating. And uh, I don't even know if he said the D word. It was a couple of days after Christmas last year. But um, yeah, change was my word for 2020. And it has it has really helped me to stay focused on that word and to accept what I cannot change. And so this year that came in big time, my powerlessness over people, places, and things and, um, and pandemics, right? Like I just mm -hmm. had to accept what is, which was my work last year, which I think is the work every day. <laughs> um, so yeah, I changed, um, my living situation changed. Um, my work situation changed. Uh, the program I was going to launch in February of this year, I had to pause, regroup, figure out how the world was going to work. And if I would ever work again, I really felt like that wouldn't happen. And I think what this year has taught me um, with the pivot or with the adjustment or the shifting or whatever you want to call it, uh, is that we, I because I, I witnessed it in you as well, we kind of shifted and rose to the occasion and figured it out like a lot of people. Yeah. Like everybody's had to, right? Yeah, everybody. So the changes within me is that, um, you know, I like living with my son and having, um, you know, when he's at his dad's, I like having all the time to myself. It's very, feels very decadent <clears throat> at times it can feel lonely, but, um, you know, when Steve moved out in May, it, it, that was a really big change in my life after living with someone for 22 years. So that was a big change. Uh, I went ahead and launched my proof of life course and felt more like the teacher instead of that I was um, an imposter. And I really, I changed the way um, that I thought about myself. And I think that was big to have more self-confidence to do um, the things that I've been dreaming of. And then um the other change, a big change was um, I started coaching women, you know, and so that mm -hmm. kind of was a different thing. I'd been sponsoring women, but changed my um, 
you know, I have a, a business and I really took it seriously. So those were kind of like some really big changes. And, um, and that word just, uh, yeah, it really guided me. It really guided me this year and still is. Mm, yeah. Yeah. That's, um, yeah, that's, uh-huh. <laughs> you couldn't, you could have just uh, changed one of those things. And... <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, I turned 50. Right. Um, that was a big change this year. And, and, and that I, it's like, I looked forward to it and I really, you know how, when you have big birthday, Sandra, you know, you had one, it's almost like you, uh, or like when I turned 40, let's just go there Four parties, drunk fest, uh, ridiculousness over the top really. And this one was so quiet and so perfect and exactly what I needed. Mm-hmm. And now big fanfare. It's like, I just, I had a reading with Natha Campanella on my birthday and it just felt, just felt sweet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. 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 I tell you what, simplicity, that's kind of where I'm looking, what I'm looking forward to next year. I, I don't know, or, or just, um, low expectations, <laughs> whatever yes. comes, whatever will come, I welcome it. And I'm just having very low expectations. I just want, I don't know, you know, and, and, and maybe it's just, um, because I, I have worked pretty hard this year. Um, and I feel like I do need a, some kind of a break. I don't know, not a break in working per se, but some kind of a break. I just feel, I'm just feeling this urge towards, um, being drawn towards some kind of simplicity. Mm. Do you feel, I mean, obviously this year has, has invited that for sure. The, the kind of sloughing off of everything that I used to do, you know, like I used to go to coffee five days a week, four or five days a week after my 7am meeting in town. Um, I, I don't do that anymore. Right. I'm at home. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I have my own routine and things. And so, um, but taking those things off the calendar, like I got a lot of time back in my life by not being able to go and do a lot of things. And at first it was super uncomfortable, but I've really, it's really crystallized, like what's important, what I really need. Um, how do I sustain myself? You know, and even though zoom is not optimal, it's saved my life this year with connection. Mm -hmm. I've appreciated it so much for meetings and, um, and, but you're saying like the simplicity of it all, it's almost like, like, yeah, a sloughing off is the only way I can say it. Like a lot of stuff had to go. Mm-hmm. It wasn't necessary, you know, that, that, um, I didn't know I needed to lose. Yeah. Sloughing off is a good, is a good, uh, um, that's a good visual for me because yeah, I'm feeling like really, yeah. I'm getting really tired of the word like influencer and, Mm. you know, things that just aren't real, real, (laughs) right. Right. Things that aren't authentic or tangible. Like I'm, I'm kind of getting over Instagram right now. (laughs) Like I'm just Mm. going through a thing right now Uh where things feel desperate Mm. and fluffy and, um, you know, and, and 
like it really hit me over the head to just this week or just this past week I was driving by, um, I was leaving uh, the little outdoor market that my daughter and I had gone to. And I drove past our, um, just a, 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 like a football stadium, just one of the football stadiums on the east side of, of the major highway that goes through our city um, here in Austin. And this, um, the parking lot of this, uh, stadium was completely full of cars and there were cars backed for miles. I was driving against the traffic of these cars, just like backed up nice cars, um, backed up, backed up, backed up. And I had that sinking feeling that I knew what this line was. And when I got home, I asked my husband, I was like, are they, is that food? He goes, yeah, it's the food bank day. And, um, all those people were waiting for food and um, it just really hit me. It's like, what the fuck? Who gives a fuck about bullshit, you know, social media bullshit and yeah. other kinds of bullshit? Like who cares? Yeah. You know, there are people that do not have food for their family for the week and it just really like hit me over the head. It's like, I just want, I want something tangible mm. next year, you know? Um, and I, and I love, and, and the work that I do, you know, one-on-one -on -one with clients, my small group class that I just finished the last 30 days, that feels real to me too. Mm. You know, that feels tangible. That is like, I'm looking, even though we're doing it on zoom, mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm looking at another woman in the face and we're having real conversations and that feels tangible to me spewing out noise into the void or whatever does not feel like a, it doesn't feel like real authentic work to me for whatever reason. And I think that that's what I was um, referring to when I was, um, you know, using the word simplicity. It's just like, I want I want to make art. I want to, you know, do real tangible work, real connections with real people and be, and, and help like just actual generosity, mm -hmm. um, within my community. And so anyway, it's not fully formed, but, mm -hmm. um, I just, I, I'm swirling around that. And, um, so yeah, I just, I don't know, feeling all kinds of things right now. Yeah. Yeah. This whole year has been this, I don't know, like just erasing that chalkboard, you know, and just being like, well, here was what I thought was going to happen. And actually I don't really need to do 72 things. I actually mm -hmm. only need to do these two things that seem really important. And yeah, it's helped me to focus and to rid myself of the shoulds of the, um, oh, what will that person think of me if I don't do this or that or the other? And I have a lot of people that keep asking me to go for walks and I'm just not there. I don't want to go for a walk. And I'm, I'm afraid a little bit of, of the virus. And I was paralyzed in my car for almost an hour last Friday because I can't go to the grocery store, Sandra. I have such a hard time with my anxiety. And um, I forget what to do when that happens too, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, as I was 
um, I called Natalie, which was good. Cause she's like, get out your toolbox. Do you have it with you? I'm like, yes, I have it in my purse. <laughs> she's like, take your beta blocker. And I was like, all right. I, I mean, I have these things with me and I can't, when I'm in that state, I can't remember. And, um, you know, just knowing, just knowing that I have tools, just knowing that it doesn't have to be super complicated. Um, just knowing that I need to get food for my family and just, I have to buck up and just do it, you know, and thank goodness I have the money to go buy food. Um, but it's been a real lesson this year on what's important and on abundance and on scarcity mindset and on how to feel full. Um, even when I don't see people, you know, it's just been a new way of being. And I'll tell you what, I'm really grateful. I don't drink. I'm really mm. grateful because that I know I would be a mess. I would be messier. I would say. Um, We're so selfish. That's what ugh. I think it to. I would just be like so consumed with me and myself and mm -hmm. my alcohol and, and, and now is not the time for that. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not, you're right. And that's what, there's a phrase like, um, uh, service keeps you sober. And um, that can get kind of thrown around a lot and, and be AA speak. But I think, I think what you're talking about here and talking about working, you know, seeing the food bank, volunteering at a food bank, donating our money, if we can't vote, donate our time, or if we're feeling afraid that we can't physically go do something. Um, going to meetings, speaking up, holding space for people, doing a podcast, like all the little things that we're doing, like that, Matt, that, that service. Mm -hmm. And it keeps me sober. And I'm really grateful for the opportunity and the avenues and the, and the, and the privilege that I have that, that I can. Right. It keeps me sober and keeps me in gratitude. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's been a big year to think about that. And, uh, yeah, there's been some hard knocks this year. And um, I was just going to, you know, I touched on this earlier in the year, Sandra, and our community really rallied around me. And then what happens to me when people rally around me, I shut down and I don't know how to respond. So really quickly, I wanted to say about my mom, my mom went in for cancer treatment this year, earlier in the year. And the change, thinking of my word for the year change, and just thinking about how I feel like the parent now, you know, my mom feels like the child in terms of her medical care. Um, she had a stroke uh, two, two days before lockdown started here in our shelter in place or quarantine or whatever we're calling it. Um, she had a stroke and she, um, they found out during, while she was in the hospital for that stroke that she had throat cancer. So it was a good thing, I guess, you know, because they found that, but then she did seven weeks of chemo and radiation and she finished that treatment and she, and as of the scans right now she doesn't have any cancer in her body so that's really beautiful mm -hmm. and people were so kind to me it was almost overwhelming like i couldn't receive all the love um it was beautiful but what happened during that time that i think is significant this year for me and what i want to share about sobriety is that on my drive across the desert to go see my mother whom i have plenty of resentments for still um, I did work my ninth step and, and it wasn't fully received as I had hoped it would be. Um, so I held on to some of those resentments because I resented that my, my 
amends weren't accepted. So it was like, (laughs) (laughs) let's keep this resentment cycle going, Tammy. And I was in the desert talking to my sister and she, she did this beautiful thing. And she reminded me like, remember when mom used to stop and get us big sticks, big, big stick popsicles from that gas station in Blythe, Blythe, California. It's like just desert. And she's like, you should stop and get one. And I did. And I just had a moment, Sandra, like, I have to forgive my mom. Mm. And eating a big stick <laughs> at a gas station in Blythe, Arizona was where it happened. And I felt so much freer. And so going to be of service to my mom without being a martyr, without wanting a gold star, just knowing that that's what I, I wanted to do and needed to do. Um, it really freed up my heart this year because my heart has been taxed in the last few years. And that has been a beautiful byproduct of sobriety of the practices that I do, the reading that I do, the communing with you and Natalie and my sober sisters. And it didn't happen overnight, right? It just, I just realized it was keeping me not well. Mm-hmm. me and 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 I don't think you know everybody has to be on their own forgiveness timetable but this year that felt really profound mm, and I'm it sure kind of cleared cleared the decks of my heart I guess and um it's just weird to to you know now now because of the stroke she has vascular dementia and um I've been reading about that lately and probably should stop reading things on the internet about vascular dementia. Right. Um, <laughs> so that's the lesson there. But I just think I realize what I do not have power or control over. And I know for being a feminist and being a woman in recovery, and I, you know, my declaration that I'm this sober, dignified woman, and I am. But I also, um, oh, I lost my train of thought. Dang it. Um, anyhow, the power of forgiveness, it's just given me perspective and, um, I'm grateful for it this year because I, uh, I feel like with, um, not having, oh yeah, the powerlessness, that's where I was going. I have so much power in my sobriety and that's when I work with women. I want to remind them like being powerless over alcohol doesn't mean you're powerless over your life, but that concept, that first step, Sandra, that we take in the 12 steps is like. I am powerless over a lot. And this pandemic has really exemplified that for me. And like you're saying to simplify, I think it's made me kind of go back to some core things, like what I really have power over my thoughts, my choices, um, what I do in this world, how I parent, you know, how I show up for other people. And um, that desert moment for me, it just felt like I did a little pivot, you know, a little tiny incremental pivot and just thought I got to let this shit go (laughs) Mm -hmm. because I hope that one day if Grady starts having memories of me drinking or picking him up late for school or throwing him in front of the TV every time I had a dinner party, um, I hope that he can forgive me. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I I think about that sometimes, like why I... I, I forgive pretty easily. Um, and I think it's just because I don't want to hold on to the pain. <laughs> right. I, it's just, that's just me. And I, um, but I totally get 
you know, why it's hard and, uh, or why it's impossible sometimes. Right. Um, I completely understand that. Oh, so, um, in my, in my Virgo nest, Sandra, <clears throat> you know, I made a little list of the months of this year and just kind of put down some things that popped out from each month. And it's so funny because the last, at the end, I listened to our episode right from last year and I was like, oh, I'm going to graduate from college next year. That had been such a part of my identity for the last prior four years that I was going to college, five years I was going to college. And it happened this year while I was taking care of my mom. I forgot to submit the paperwork to quote unquote walk on Zoom. You know, you could walk mm-hmm. with the class or get your name on the list or do the thing. Um, this gal did none of that. So it just quietly happened. Um in May. <laughs> and uh, I mean, I did graduate, of course, but I mean, I wasn't right. on the, on the zoom and I was like, Oh, that was today. <laughs> there was no pomp or circumstance. <laughs> and it was so 2020. It was just, and then I was in full acceptance of it because I had been the goal for so long. I really wanted to walk and show my son that I had done this thing and um, it was okay. He knew I did the thing. He saw me do the thing. And um so that was kind of something that was like, I thought was going to be this really big thing for this year. And it turned out to be like a little footnote, like, yeah. Wah, wah. yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Done. Oh, um, so I have, do you have, um, I wrote a little thing about, um, did you read as much this year, Sandra? Did you read like you I, thought you would? I read a lot of books this year. I didn't keep count like I like I did um when I was reading the 50 books mm-hmm. um the previous year but I uh I did read a lot of books this year um I should certainly did some great books I really love that I you know I made a list of like my core values like this money work that I've been doing kind of forced me to sit down and reevaluate that and and one of mine is education and I I lump reading into that mm-hmm. um while I do read you know some fiction obviously too and that could count as that too you know I think it's just at our age as well I think anything we can do to keep our mind our brain uh, active is good. Um, but, um, yeah, I, I, you know, I count that as part of my learning, my education is reading and, uh, and I'm just so, this is going to sound just so silly, but like, it's one of the joys of sobriety for me because I had lost reading, um, as a, as a joyful activity, in the last, oh, I don't know, 10 years of my drinking, I tried to read and it just never worked out because I would usually, I would wait until night and I would have to reread paragraphs over and over. Like, you know, it was just a ridiculous exercise. And then I'd wake up in the morning and go, oh, did I read that? What did, what did I read last night? And then I have to re- go back and reread again. I mean, it would take me six months to get through one book. Mm-hmm. And so it's just a, such a lovely activity for me now is to read. I get up and read every morning. It's just my part of my, my morning ritual. And I just love it. 
Oh, I thought I was going to read a lot of books, but I did not. I didn't. I read parts of books. I got into, so I, so for me, I'm always like, I have to finish a book. But what happened this year is I have this little bench that I brought in that Steve had made and I put it behind the couch. Um, and I have little stacks and one's like kind of my, all my AA books and one's some, a magazine stack, one's a creative book stack, one, you know, and they're just little categories and I read from them when I'm on the couch or I read from them when I want to lay down and rest and take a nap in the afternoon, but I haven't read through them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I've given, like, I have these little um, invitations sitting on my, on that bench every day of like, what do I want to get into? And they rotate and change and I move them around and what, what my interests are at the time. Um, but that's really been the way that I've, I've done that this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot more TV than I've ever watched. Like, <laughs> since I can remember, I mean, so much more TV. Um, I've had a lot of time to like binge watch series and um, that hasn't usually how I spend my time. I I was rarely watching any TV, but once this pandemic hit, it really, that did change my TV watching habits. And and same with the computer, being on the computer a lot more than I ever used to be. Mm -hmm. Which, you know, not, not in like most people, I think now, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. You know, that I, I was, I, I'm selective about what I watch and, uh, I, you know, I indulge for sure. And a few, um, series that were excellent. So good this year. Um, but I didn't, um, it's not my fault it's not my fallback. It's not like the activity that I always fall back on. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes I wish I did watch more TV because then that would just mean that I was, I don't know, in a relaxed state more. I'm, I'm a, I'm a perpetual doer mm-hmm. and that's something that I have to, um, you know, be aware of. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so there was something I wanted to bring up. Um, let's do a mid show here. <laughs> um, that did change for me this year that I did want to talk about a tiny bit. And it was the work that I did with my sponsor about um, it's a sexual relationship inventory. And I never did that, Sandra. I don't know if you did that, but I never no, did. I oh, didn't. you didn't do that. Okay. No. I, I avoided it when I went through the steps um, with my sponsor the first time. Well, the only time I've been through the steps with my sponsor and it was, um, it's where you, it sounds really kind of scary, you know, sex inventory and you're going to have to tell all, but that's not really what it is, of course. But, um, but you do take a, a look at your relationship. So it's more of a relationship inventory than a sex inventory, I guess, but you do look at your behaviors, your patterns. And since I was getting a divorce this year and Um, getting ready to get it out into the dating world, I kind of felt like it was really important for me to finally do that work. I didn't go running to it, but I, I I had been doing it for about a year and it ended in August. So uh, with my sponsor and it's like a fourth step, you know, you kind of go through your, you know, uh, you you list who you've had uh, sexual relationships with um, that you can remember Um, there can be a category for like nameless, faceless others that you can kind of just have as a category if you need that category. Um, and so I did the work and I didn't think I got a lot out of it when I was doing it. I thought a little bit of it was punishing, you know, making me go back and revisit these situations. Um, that's how I 
just interpreted it. But I want to say, Sandra, it was a really, another really big piece of my recovery this year was addressing all of that and seeing the pattern of how I end things and how I begin things. Um, and the one big thing that kind of stuck out, and, and this might be even feel like a no brainer, Sandra, because of course, when we end relationships, they end, but there was a, there was a point that we looked at. I always, I had a choice to make. I had a choice to make in my fourth column. Like I got to this point with these people, I wrote down the situation, how it affected me, how it affected others. And then I had a choice and I chose the wrong one every time. Hmm. And I say wrong, like I went against myself is a better way to maybe say it. Every single time my gut knew that I shouldn't do something, but then I'd do it anyway. And I looked at it, how it was related to my alcohol consumption at the time. And when I was younger, I didn't drink like that. You know, I didn't really drink until I was 27, like hardcore. Um, but looking at that work and seeing the pattern and going, why do you ignore your intuition at every turn? I could just see it. Like I knew not to do that, but then I did it. And even when my husband asked me to marry him, I had just had a talk with him a couple nights prior in Cuba. We were in Cuba for a new year's Eve and I said, I feel like we should sell the house and I would like to live on my own. And that wasn't a ploy to get an engagement. <laughs> that was just like a thought that I'd shared. And then on New Year's Day, he um, bought a $2 engagement ring and asked me to marry him in mm. the center of Havana in the square in the park. And I said, yes. And, and of course I loved him. I, I'm not trying to disparage my husband. But I just shared that I thought maybe I wanted a little on my own and that, you know, we'd lived together for a couple of years and I just missed kind of having my own autonomy and my own space. And, and we're 22 years later, right? Mm. <laughs> so um, it wasn't horrible. I have this beautiful child, you know, we have a nice life, but it's a thing. And so what my sponsor had me do after doing all of that was to write out a relationship and sexual ideal list. Mm -hmm. which has been huge. So I wrote it all out, Sandra, and listed all the things that I had hoped for in a future partnership, you know, kind of like a wish list, I guess, and tried to be realistic about it. And as soon as I did that, I met someone. So it's really weird how the universe works. And he was sober and one of my things on my list, like my top thing is that I want someone who is spiritually fit or works out, <laughs> right? Somebody that's working on themselves in some way that has nothing to do with me and on their own path. And I, I, I found that. And I also just wanted someone who wanted to be with me and like reciprocate and touch. I haven't had touch in my life for six years. So I share this not to share too much, but just to say like, I had been pretty down and out and you know, I've shared with you over the years privately, like not having physical touch in my life. That's hard to live like that. I could um, have all these other things friends and connection and community and art and art shows and this podcast and that. But when you don't have physical touch in your life, like it's really hard. 
and it's really hard to um it can it can do a lot of negative self-talk about your worth and so this year like getting separated physically not living with my husband going on a dating app for two weeks like i did <laughs> meeting someone miraculously um in that way um receiving love and affection now <clears throat> and touch has been um really nice it's like i feel more whole it's not everything it's just another part of me that is getting addressed in sobriety and i don't know quite how to talk about it all in a way that isn't oversharing but it's been really nice mm, that's beautiful yeah happy for you yeah so don't be afraid of a sexual inventory if anybody's has that on their list to do <laughs> it actually was really helpful mm, yeah it's helpful yeah. yeah i said that i didn't do one and that's uh we didn't do i didn't do like uh, a detailed long drawn out thing it was sort of like let's zoom out and see the um yeah see the pattern right mm -hmm. and you know for me that was uh using you know any sort of sexuality in general you know not necessarily mm -hmm. the act but any sort of sexuality in general as a form of manipulation to validate myself mm. which you know um i'm sure every woman has been guilty of that at least once right mm -hmm. but you know that was the big overarching <laughs> theme for me was, you know, um, I need, uh, I need somebody else to like me before I can like me. And, you know, I'm getting sober. I've said this many times, but it was, you know, a big, long exercise in learning to love myself. So I didn't need somebody to validate, um, yeah. not me. I don't need someone else to validate me. I love me. Yeah first. Well, I think that's the work, right? That's the whole point of doing right. inventory. Like if, if I've made mistakes or you had, even if I had people on the nameless, faceless others, like to forgive myself, like, who, okay, that just happened. And, um, I'm, I'm not her anymore. I mean, there's vestiges of me. Um, but I'm tired of being ashamed of being a sexual being. I'm tired of keeping that all under wraps and, not being too much for someone. I'm, I'm tired of living it without, without um, intimacy, sexual intimacy. I'm tired of it. And I know that all intimacy isn't sex. Um, I want the whole thing. I want all of it. Um, mm -hmm. And I don't want to settle and make myself small anymore or feel ashamed of, um, of what works for me. No, no yeah. absolutely not. Yeah. I think that that's, um, yeah, talk about, you know, feeling powerful, right? Mm -hmm. Being able to state what your desires are, what your needs are unapologetically. Yeah. Yeah. So that was a lot of good work. It was again, hard, um, but it wasn't that hard. I can do hard things. We can all do, hard, you know, it's just, I was ready. I think mm. you have to be ready to do certain work, right? And the forgiveness part for my mom, I was ready. The um, the inventory part and looking at things and what, wanting to know what my ideal might be someday. Um, 
I was ready um, to do that work. And I, and I feel like this year, like you said, like we have been talking about, it's just all these other things went away that gave me time to do these things. Right. And I'm grateful for that. Right. If there's been a theme at all this year. Yeah. I think it's just been clarity (laughs) for me, you know, had the time to, because there's not been so much activity and, you know, errands and kid activities and extracurricular things and this and that to occupy our, our time and space. Yeah. It's, there's been a lot of time to look at things, look at systems outside of ourselves and, you know, big systems, small systems and underneath our roof that aren't working. Um, yeah, lots of time and lots of clarity. It's just funny for me to think about last December, not funny, but just where I was last December, I was in this limbo between asking my husband, you know, should we separate and then telling my son. So there was the whole month of December, basically that we were just on edge, (laughs) just on this uh, feeling of tightness and, and, and secrecy and, and withholding. And this year I feel um, open and I feel um, relaxed for the most part, you know, and I don't have any big bombs to drop or, you know, I just feel like um, I, I've come a long way in a year, you know, and I feel, I feel grateful for it. Mm. Even all the hard stuff that happened this year. I'm, I'm grateful for that too. Yeah. Um, I wanted to, if we could um, just pivot a tiny bit, just talk about maybe, I don't know, our work and how it's changed this year, because I know both of us have really been doing some fun stuff and getting filled up by it. And just talk about like, how has your work life changed this year, Sandra, and your, how you make money? I mean, not to get into specific specifics, but I mean, just how, how, how did it look to you at the beginning of the year when this was all going down? And how do you feel now at the end? Um, you know, it's interesting, uh, last year at the beginning of last or yeah, at the beginning of this year, like with most years, I didn't really have like a solid plan. <laughs> like I, I do a lot of things where I just, uh, you know, I'm always in a state of readiness to pivot. Like if, if people aren't buying, you know, if, if I'm not selling handmade goods, then I'm ready to shift my focus onto something else. Um, and, and maybe that's a byproduct of just, uh, being multi-passionate, you know, like I have other, I have lots of income streams, put it that way. Um, you know, but when one of my big ones, photography, like when I knew that that was going to go away, you know, by, um, I knew that by March, you know, I really had to get creative and, and kind of double down on, on some other things I do, you know? So I got in my studio and I was making caftans and selling those like crazy and, you know, working on my, my one-on-one offering, refining it. I did Mm -hmm. that a lot this year. I refined it. I, um, I just, the, the, the language and the copy that I use, um, and, you know, based on the feedback, you know, that I've gotten from women that I've worked with has tre- tremendously helped me do that too. Um, 
being able to see what my gifts are. And, you know, so that's really helped, but probably the thing is that I've ended the year with, that's going to really, I think, define next year is, um, the last 30 days, the class that I offered, uh, that was, it had been the ideas for the class I'd been working on for like a year, but I hadn't, um, but if, but putting kind of throwing it together as an offering, um, and calling it the last 30 days was, uh, not really a mea culpa, but it was like, a, it was very impulsive that part, mm-hmm. the content I'd been working on, but just putting yeah. it together as an offering was very impulsive. It was like, what can I do? Um, you know, to generate some income, honestly, mm-hmm. and, um, to kind of close out this year and feel sort of maybe set myself up to feel a little bit fortified, not just monetarily, but in all the ways. And so, um, and I'm so glad I did it because it was so fulfilling. Oh my gosh. It was so fulfilling. And I'm glad I didn't overthink it. And I'm glad I didn't have like huge expectations for it because it ended up being just right. It was so fulfilling. And now because I did all the work, it's um, now I can really sit down and do sort of a kind of like a better, you know, I have a better grip on doing some content project planning for 2021. Actually, I just went to Target last night and bought myself a new planner because that's how I roll. I don't, I don't, I'm not too precious about planners. Um, And uh, I'm super excited to kind of sit down and look at Mm. you know, pick out, uh, the times, uh, you know, the the quarterly offerings I want Mm -hmm. to offer next year and sort of make a plan and actually make a financial plan. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, this is how much I want to make next year. And then, you know, and then breaking that down monthly And I'm very excited to do that work. I've never done that before. I've never planned that precisely before. And yeah, so I'm, I'm super excited. Now, will it go the way I plan it? Who knows? Maybe not. Will I deviate from the plan? Possibly, (laughs) but just having a plan, a quarterly plan like that, I've never done that before. And I'm, I'm, very much looking forward to it. So I would say that that's how this year has been different in yeah. setting me up for 2021. I love it. Well, okay, your class is phenomenal. I just finished your class with you. I loved every prompt. I loved how you did it. Um, and I think I, I've never set up any plan for finances either, Sandra. Um, I've never, I have ideas, right. And we kind of roll with it and, um, I throw things out there and I throw things out there, but I too have a plan for next year as well quarterly. So I think we're both on the same page, which it feels good to actually, um, I don't know. It just feels good to kind of see, I don't know, be, um, in union with you because you and I had talked about doing something of a version, I think of, um, the last 30 days together. Right. Mm -hmm. And then that never came to be. And I think that it wasn't supposed to come to be right. right? It was yours. That was all yours. And we were just trying to get creative last year because we were both, you know, we had to cancel our flow retreat going to Florence, Italy with unruffled listeners. We had to cancel that in March. Um, and 
that didn't happen in September, you know, like we'd hoped. So then we were left with like, well, now what are we are going to, what are we going to do? What are we going to do with this beautiful community we have that we would love to, um, you know, work with. And I think it all just unfolded how it should. And, and for me this year, um, I really focused, uh, on figuring out how to do classes. Um, I taught my proof of life class live for nine months. Um, once a month, I would meet with that class, sometimes two, two times a month. And they helped really me figure out Zoom, how to share things uh, on a screen. How to, they, were, they were generous with them, what they got from my class and the feedback, like you said, that can inform you. And from that class, I realized I just put so much into it. It's too much. It was just too much. So I created, um, when I was talking to my business consultant, Corinne, she was like, <clears throat> what are you going to call this? You're going to call this proof of life. And it's like, I've called it that for a while, but this is something different. This is, I feel like it's more of an invitation. Like a lot of the work that we do in recovery, it's an invitation. And that came from being a sponsor. Like I make suggestions to my um, sponsees. I don't tell them what to do. And I may, I give them invitations to accept rather than telling them what to do. So I was like, how about it's just the invitation. And then if, if women want to do it, then they are SVP. And if they don't want to do one week, they don't like morning routines, then they don't have, they don't have to RSVP to that. They get to choose. So that really helped inform how I built that class and just really kept it super simple as well. And um, so, yeah, I'm excited to do that. And she thinks that I can do it every quarter and shift it up and switch it up a little bit. So I don't know. I, I feel like I've had a good year. Um, I had an art show uh, for the geographic, um, that I'd had a couple years ago, that original art show, Sandra, mm-hmm. and th- three of the paintings sold this year, three of my large, they're four feet by four feet paintings, three of them sold to women in sobriety, um, for their one year milestones. That's amazing. I, 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 I'm, it touches me so much. It makes me send them these paintings off with love. Cause they feel like my children. Um, but I had a, you know, at the beginning of the year, I should have started with this. Um, Holly reached out to me, Whitaker, and we had done the mantra project for a few years and she was sunsetting the project is how she put it. And so that was, a that was really my income for the year was the mantra project. I got paid every month. She was very generous and, uh, we had a percentage deal when we started it and that went away in February. So I'm like, how do I make money? (laughs) Mm -hmm. How do I do this? And I spent a good part of the year just absorbing. I joined a, a consulting group called CCHQ with Corinne Bowen and really just took notes and, and listened and thought I, I, I took a lot of classes, had a lot of teachers, you included. And I just, I just really dug in and took notes and I thought I can totally do this. Mm-hmm. And I am. So it mm-hmm. feels like I learned a lot this year and, uh, and I'm really hopeful for next year. Same, yeah. same. You know what I'm hopeful for hmm. is meeting uh, people in real life again. <laughs> yes. No matter how, however, nice. <laughs> however we do it, however it, whatever it looks like, yeah. I'm very much looking forward to that. Um, yeah. I, yeah. I don't know how, you know, that, that is something that, you know, still has a question mark beside it, you know, like, but I'm definitely leaving space open in my calendar for travel and meeting up 
with other people again. <laughs> that would be lovely. That would be a nice, beautiful dream. Yes. Yes. Oh. Yes. Well, do you want to talk about, do you want to talk about our word for 2021 as we're yeah. it up or Let's, yeah. Cause we're going to expand on that in our next episode when we kind of kick off the new year, which we love. We both are such total geeks about it. We love our year ahead spread and our word for the mm-hmm. year. Um, yeah. So the word that keeps coming to mind for me um, is the word expansion Mm-hmm. And, but that's not a verb. So I have to make it, I think it's going to be expand. I like to pick a verb to make sure I'm doing and can kind of apply it to different parts of my life. So I think expand is going to be the word. Mm, that's nice. Yeah. What about you? Um, I don't know yet. <laughs> I, have a, <laughs> I have a list. I have a list, but you know, it probably, I, it's a short list for words on the list. Mm-hmm. And um, based on what I've, you know, been talking about, it's probably no surprise. Like one of the words is tend mm-hmm. um, nucleus, like that word keeps mm-hmm. coming uh, back to me. Um, focus mm-hmm. tidy. Like, so you get where I'm going here. <laughs> I do. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> So it's going to be something along those lines. Mm. And maybe by the time we record um, our New Year's evolution, mm-hmm. uh, I'll have I'll have narrowed it down to one word. Yeah. And I reserve the right to change my word too. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> because I was thinking about build or rebuild. I'm rebuilding my life and I'm building my business. But there's just something I don't know. I haven't, it hasn't. The other day I heard in a meeting just somebody talking about expansion. I just felt, it felt like a ripple out effect, you know, from like a drop of water and kind of of ripples out and expands. And I just thought maybe that's what's happening. I feel like that's what's happening. And it's not necessarily that I'm building something from scratch. I I'm expanding what I already have been doing. So I'll think on that. I'll think on that. And uh, yeah. All right. Uh, do you have three things that you want to Oh share? my gosh. Okay. Uh, I could go first if you want. Uh, why don't you? Because I totally forgot about this part. Yes. Go ahead. Okay. So for me, my first thing is I've been doing a thing that I've been kind of putting on Instagram called my Corin routine. And that has saved my bacon this year. Like it just, I am, um, I, do a meeting usually every morning, except for today, like, cause we're recording today. I do some type of sobriety support meeting, which is either our Sunday call with our unruffled listeners, an AA meeting. Um, now leading a meeting for the luckiest club with Laura McCallan. Um, I got to fill in Monday night for someone that was fun. Um, but every other Saturday I'm doing that. So I'm getting to meetings and that's part of my routine. Um, doing a tarot card pull every day. And I am sacredly adorning myself every day and taking time to pause and think about, yeah, how much I love myself. Sandra, like you talked about earlier, reminding myself that I am the queen of my world and to treat myself and honor myself in that way. So that's been my corn routine and it, and it varies, you know, my tea and my theme song for the day. I just do all my little fun things in the morning that really help to keep me grounded. Mm, So that's that's number one, my corn routine. 
I love that. Um, I would say my first one is going to be the money work I've just been doing and writing about. Uh, not really, I've been doing it for a while, but it was nice to sort of end the year with kind of a presentation, I guess you could say, the four-part newsletter that I released that's on my blog. I've had a couple of people email me about that. And so it's on my blog at theunruffle.com if you just go under um, tab that says um, uh words words and art <laughs> yes art and words there we go art and words it's nested under that there i have a blog there um that was actually the that was the beginnings of the unruffled.com yeah. but um so uh, the four parts are there um and then i also did just a little fun kind of series on instagram where i just gave some little tips about cash saving, nothing new or groundbreaking, but how they align with my values and how they, it doesn't feel like depravity. So all of that, just kind of summing up the work that I've been doing and kind of giving myself a high five on that, um, seeing how far I'd come and having gratitude. That's just been, um, that's been a good, it's been a very meaningful way to end the year for me. Oh, I like that. Yeah. And it's powerful work. I can't wait to yeah, learn more from you and your story about it and, and where you're going to go with it, because it's, that's, I loved your, your newsletter series. Thank you. Um, so this might be a little bit connected to the first thing that I shared, but zoom, I'm grateful for zoom. It's my tool. <laughs> I have been able to connect this year. I started coaching gray area, uh, drinking coaching and creative coaching and having Zoom and being able to work during this time, I didn't realize how much I was going to like this thing. I mean, you and I, <laughs> when we start off on, on Skype, um, mm -hmm. yeah, you know, we still don't do the video, um, but I'm more comfortable in Zoom now, of course, because we've had so many meetings this year. But for 12-step for meetings, <clears throat> for my, um, my uh, creative consulting meetings that I do with a group, I do group consulting with Corinne and all kinds of meetings. You know, I'm just grateful that I, I've had it. And it is nice. Sometimes I get Zoom fatigue, of course, like everyone. Um, but I look forward, I look forward to being in community. So yeah, I'm, I'm really appreciating. And that's been a great tool this year for me um, to stay connected. Zoom. Mm, I love that. Um, my second one is, I'm, I mentioned it uh, earlier, but I love this time of year where you can sort of get yourself set up for a new year, you know? And so I went, I mentioned that I went to Target yesterday and I bought, um, my journals are just regular comp books. Like those are my favorite. And I put the year at the front and, um, and I, we're going to talk about the year ahead spread, but I, I pulled mine a couple, about a week ago and that's, I'm going to, fill all that in at the beginning of this journal and label it 2021. And, um, I got a new planner that just sits on my desk, you know, the regular one where you just fill out your week. And, um, and, but then this year, the new edition was that I got, a uh, another, like a gridded notebook that I'm going to use as like a money ledger. And, um, Ooh, I like, I know that's a new thing for me. And so, um, yeah, so I'm super excited about those just new journal planner ledger things, just, you know, ready, uh, fresh and 
unwritten in and ready for a new chapter. I know it's like back to school, but for adults, mm-hmm. it's like, for me, uh, it's like the January 1st. Well, I, all the, I did all those things too. Sandra, love it. Yes. I'm, I'm with you on that. I have my calendar for the year, my paper calendar. And, and I use the grid paper on, in my notebooks too. I really like it. Really I've never like used that. it before, so I'm excited to use it for a ledger because yeah. let's see if I'll stay in the lines. I'm usually not very good at that. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't necessarily stay in the lines, but I like it for little check boxes that I put and then have, you know, and then when I look back through my um, notebooks for the month, I'll see what like I didn't get done because it won't be checked. You know what I mean? Like I physically write a check mark over the square, but um, I just like, I don't know. I just like how it looks. I like how it looks. Um, okay. So my last thing that's in my toolbox, uh, well, I, I, I'm vacillating between two, but I, so I'll just say two, um, therapy <laughs> and teachers this year. I, um, I stayed with my, um, therapist from who, who used to do uh, couples counseling with me and Steve for the last 12 years. And, um, I, I guess I got her in the divorce. So <laughs> it's been really helpful to zoom again with her that I could have therapy and connect with, um, Mary, whom I love very much. Um, so that has been helpful and that's a great tool as therapy. I think I might be making a switch in the new year. Um, I won't say to who, but there's someone in our community that I'm very drawn to, to work with. And so I think that might be a, a, the final change of the, at the end of the year here that I um, am going to switch therapists hmm. and then uh, teachers. I feel like I've had so many teachers this year, you being one of them, Amanda Grace, I took classes with um, Pixie Lighthorse. I took a class at the beginning in January and uh, Jolene Park was a great teacher for gray area drinking coaching. My mentor um, and art teacher, Claudia McCain. I love working with her. And lately it's been with Corinne uh, Bowen working on just how to create classes and how to create community and mighty networks. So I feel like I've just had a lot of really beautiful um, uh, teachers that I've taken courses from and learned things from, but of course uh, this whole sober community is my teacher as well. So um, that's in my toolbox is to find your teacher. Mm, Yes, that is a good one. Um, Okay. Well, I guess my last one is just going to be um, my, my little, my little studio. I'm always so, uh, let me count the ways. Let me see. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, it holds like uh, so much for me. Um, it, it, you know, it's, it's, um, it's where I can, turn something into nothing. I can make tangible things out of nothing. I can make beautiful things out of grief. I can make, um, I can make money to, to feed my family. I can, I just, it's, um, it's where I just get to be, Mm. just get to be, um, and, 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 I wish I would have written something before I started on this, mm. this uh, soliloquy because it's sounding very, um, I don't know, almost not as sincere as I mean for it to. Mm. Um, but it's just where I get to use my hands and piles of fabric and I get to make something beautiful out there. And it has, you know, I'm thinking about like, um, you know, the, around April or March, even, you know, when I 
when all my photography jobs started getting canceled and I started making masks and, you know, and I was just asking for Venmo um, donations for them. And people were so generous mm. ordering masks for me. I probably made, I don't know, 400 masks maybe. Wow. Wow. Uh, yeah, like a crazy amount of masks. And that got me over a big, you know, two month long hump. I mean, I'm going to be honest mm-hmm. and where I would have had no income coming in. And so I'm just so, so grateful for just a, a, a simple um, skill that I have, mm-hmm. um, which is sewing and, and, um, but it encompasses so much more than that. So much more than that. It's just, um, it's where, uh, my creativity, like my, um, creative potential gets to come to full, full color out mm-hmm. there in my little studio. So I'm so grateful for it. I love that. I love, and I, I feel grateful that I've been in your studio and get to see your world and get to see all those shelves full of beautiful vintage silk and um, scarves. And yeah, it's a good tool. All right. I think we did it. I think we're yes. long. Um, we always have so much to talk about though. Even when I think we don't have anything to talk about, we I know. To make it work, but it's been a really great year. Um, in, t- in spite of some really hard, horrible things happening in this world. And I feel very grateful, Sandra, to get to do this with you every week. And, um, and again, commun- our community has been just um, a really beautiful, it's like a beautiful hug I get every Sunday. And uh, I will never take that for granted. Oh, for sure. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess I'll see you in the new year. Yep. I will see you in the new year. (laughs) Merry Christmas, everyone. Bye. The Unruffled Podcast was created and produced by Sandra Primo and Tammy Salas. Our show is edited and mixed by Steve Hecht. Original music composed and performed by Caitlin Schumacher. Original artwork created by Tammy with the help of graphic designers Chris Aguirre and Amy Lanier. Thanks for listening.